1: Welcome, everybody. Update Wednesday. Old school brought to you by the folks at the Mercado. Lincoln's best. If you want to go and, and, and have the experience and get the, 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 the best cuts, the best breeding, the best uh, side dishes, the best dessert, the best service, all of those things are in play. It happens at the Mercado. So go through. And uh, check them out. Go, you know, for tomorrow's dinner. Like, if you're going to watch football on a Thursday night, go get some steak, go get some burgers. Weather should be nice enough. Grill out, right? Fire up the grill. And head on out. That's all at the Mercado. Uh, 402-464-5685. Start a hand me text line, Honda Lincoln Hotline. If you want to uh, be a part of the conversation, you want to add to the conversation, you know, hit me with a what's up, you know. I'm open. I'm open. Open to the conversation. Uh greatly appreciated. Uh also on the Sardar Heyman live video stream, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter if you uh want to see what's going on in studio and you want to be a part of what's going on. So let's have at it. Um Jay is at the dentist, and the dentist is running late. Um, which puts Jay in a mood. Uh, we don't know when he'll be done. <laughs> no, we we don't. really don't know when he's going to be done. Uh, but in the meantime, Nathan, in the meantime, Nathan and I will handle it. Um, lots of it, and I'm going to explain this. So rarely, I mean, Jay was in a mood, so he he sent a text that he wanted read on air, which Jay never does. So mm-hmm. I'm definitely going to honor that. Uh, He says, I think it's best for Nebraska, Mickey, and Frost to let his tenure go. Rumors or facts don't matter right now. Frost has a family, and regardless, people should respect it. As far as moving forward, I'm beyond excited to see Coach Mickey uh, coach and to see the players and fellow coaches respond, and uh, only as Huskers do when we face adversity. I'm also excited to see how some media outlets and personalities cover this team moving forward. I was appalled and blown away by some of the rhetoric that was softly floated out there the past few days. We live in a world that's far from perfect, but I'd like to think some are beyond what they showed. Passionate, confident, and humble isn't brash or an oddity. It's who he is because he cares. talking Talking the big storm is okay, but breathing pure confidence into his players is brash. Let the ball coaches coach, same way as before. Peace and love, Jay Foreman. So, there's a little, 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 little standard setter for the conversation Red. that we're going to have today. Um, I was in coach mode. I had a couple of things. I had a couple of uh, coaching conferences this morning, and oddly enough, you know, I'm, I'm asked from time to time to speak around the country uh, about different things. Uh, leadership being amongst them, coaching X's and O's, Jimmy's and Joe's, all the, those things in place. And amongst those places, it usually puts me in a, in a space where it's it's a positive thing. It really is a positive thing. Um, and it was pointed out, uh, the question was asked, well, how, how do you manage to stay so positive when all of the situations that you're brought into are negative-based? And I had never thought about it that way. I never thought about that in the coaching profession, beyond little league right i mean little league it's you know dads and moms right. and neighbor folks in the neighborhood that sort of thing um and in a lot of spaces when i get the phone call hey we need a coach whether it's team usa a high school around the country a college that wants me to come in and coach coaches which is the thing that 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 happens um usually it's because there is a need for something additional to what they currently have. It's always the job of the new coach to add to. It's not necessary for me to walk into a space and say, that coach is awful, this coach is awful, what you were doing was terrible. No. It's my job to walk in and evaluate what the operational things are in play? Are, are you connected to your players? Do your players understand their task and mission? Uh, do they feel connected? Are they united? Uh, do they understand what you're asking them to do? Uh, are you asking them to do something too complicated for that place in space, or are you not asking enough? And I can tell you, in each, I walked into a school uh, in Texas where, quite frankly, the, I mean the program was. I mean, great kids, Ivy League smart kids, Mm. right? Um, All the money in the world. But what they needed differently, the team was 0-8-1 when I got there, the year before I got there. And I thought, oh, okay, these are rich academic kids. We're not going to win. As a matter of fact, I was told, DP, we're not going to win. So if you're coming in to win – You're going to be miserable. I know you, and I know for a fact that you said no. (laughs) Well, well, what I said is – again. What I said was I don't – I never talk about winning to my players. I don't talk – like, winning is the result of a bunch of different things done well, consistently, and constantly. When when, when Nick Saban talks about honoring the process – people take it and kidnap it and turn it into something else but the reality is it's about can i teach you the next thing so that you're better once you've learned it and that's for everybody that's for everybody and what I don't care if it's football I don't care if it's basketball I don't care if it's baseball um, Basketball basketball's a little different because there's only five players to teach everything that you need to teach at a time and then the rule being that when i coach when i'm coaching one i'm coaching all but it's much easier to manage the five. Now basketball as a game moves so fluid that there's so much more that you have to get them reactive to. But coaching for me was always one understanding who I'm coaching cuz I have to I have to know you in order to coach. You. And you're not going to listen if I don't care. Right? You're just not. Right? And then I recognized that every time I've walked in I've ne- like there was one program in Virginia where I was basketball program. Legendary program. Highest level in Virginia, right? So you're talking about amongst the the Flint Hills and uh, you know the, the those Hawthorne Prep and Dematha where you're playing in that yeah. space, right? Oh yeah. But this was a program that was a public school, so it did not recruit players, so it got what it got. But somehow this coach had figured out how to remove enough of the questions that players had that they would constantly win. They won, they had 27 consecutive years of winning at least 20 high school games a year. So that means they had removed mistakes, they had removed doubt, they removed questions about what do I do in this situation. It's a now, lot of culture. To right, that, a well, lot. right, that purposefully, and right. then have it passed down. But they would win the districts, but they wouldn't win region, right? So then everybody was like, "Okay, that's it's kind of that Nebraska thing. Oh, we're only winning ten games, and we're getting blown out in the regional final, or we're getting blown out in the conference final. Um, we got to do better. Got to do something." And I always said, "Oh, no, 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 no. Ninety percent of the season is regular season. So if you have if you're having success during that ninety percent." Leave that 90% alone. Because if you mess with the 90%, what you end up with in that 90%, instead of winning 20 games, you win eight. Sound familiar? <laughs> and you say, okay, I'm not going to do that. And then a coach right. comes to me, approaches me, and says, I need for you to come in and see what, you, what hole you can fill. What thing can you fix for us? And be totally honest with us about it. Right? Be honest with us about it. And when somebody gives you permission to be honest about something, which is another thing that's going on here locally, <laughs> that you're freed up for greatness to happen. Like, it's really cool. So we come in, and I watch them for the same athletes that I coached in a not-as-successful football program. Like, some of the players like were players who played football and basketball. And then I recognized those players, and I went, well, wait a minute. Where was that dude during football season? Right. <laughs> Where was that guy? And what happened was they needed to be freed up to be the greater versions of themselves. They had to be freed up. They need somebody to whisper in their ear the one thing that they needed to hear that would get them from good and great to best. And it was important. And the first time I was like, I looked at the coach, the first game and I said, You're going to win a state title. You're going to win a regional title. You're going to win your first regional title. And all year long, for 90% of the season, DP, you are out of your mind. Like, look around us. Like, there's, you know, we didn't have the most talent. We didn't have the biggest players. We weren't the fastest. We didn't have any of that. What we had were the smartest, most willing-to-be-coached group of players who simply needed for it to be said enough that it's okay to be great. Like, they were used to being anonymous. Like, they didn't want the pressure. And so, somebody asked the question, they said, well, what did you do? I just loved them. That's what they needed. Mm -hmm. Like, my job on this team wasn't to draw up X's and O's, and it wasn't my job to run drills at practice, although I could and I did. My job in this space was I was the last person to talk to each player before they took the floor. Because I learned the one thing they needed to hear to excel when they took the floor. And that thing was the thing that we would yell. Like we would talk at, and they knew. I've never walked into, that's the only situation where I walked in where everything was in place already. I just had to add to. That's all I had to do was add right. to. In most of the other cases, I had to remove negative things that were in the space, in the air, in the water, in their heads and in their minds. Right? So that oh eight and one team that's never gonna win, never gonna win is what I was told. That year they went they went seven, two and one. And then the following two years they played in the Texas State Championship mm-hmm. games. And the question was what changed? It wasn't that we got more talented. We certainly didn't recruit. We certainly didn't get any additional kids in the program. What happened was you gave the kids what they needed to be greater than they were. All it was like, wait a minute, we can actually do this. And then it becomes we're supposed to do it. And then it becomes we're going to do it. Like that's what it was. And so when I watch Nebraska athletics – I watch it from that space. And people will get caught up on analytics and they'll get caught up on the metrics and all the the other stuff. But what I know is that there's a way. Mm -hmm. (laughs) There's a way for Nebraska to get it right in football. There's a way for Nebraska to get it right in basketball. There's a way for Nebraska to get it right in baseball. There's a way for them to get it right in softball. You know how we know? Because people are doing it. It's actually being done. And Nebraska has everything that it needs to do whatever Nebraska wants to do. It has everything. It has a resource, resources. It has the best fan base in the country, right? Best facilities. We've, we 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 talked about it, right? Game day in in Nebraska for anything is on par with game day anywhere in the country for any sport, <laughs> I right? Know. Like you wouldn't trade the game, that you trade the results that Alabama has, but you wouldn't trade the game day. You wouldn't tra- trade the people. You would exchange the people. You wouldn't do it. I even had to swallow my pride, some DP. I, I you know, I'm I'm very a proud Virginia Tech alumni. Hey, Amen. These are the best
0: fans in college football, right?
1: So, and I'll and I'll say it seriously. Well, I I I, I even talked to Nicole Griffin. Right, I was asking her, like now that you've had a Texas A and M experience under SEC, your belt, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, well, but Texas A and M specifically, when yeah. it comes to game day, when that game day for A&M, that's a different deal. But I asked her, I like, I can't wait to find out what you think and how you would measure up the two. Why? Because they're in the same space at the uh-huh. same level. Right. And then it becomes winning becomes the thing. Right? It becomes the same thing. And then winning hits. And then new blood hits and new energy hits. Added value. Right? You know why they hype up the, new, the, the alternate uniform? New juice. New juice. Hype up a new player, New juice. another opportunity. another thing that could be the thing to change it. Mm-hmm. And all you need is one. Mm-hmm. Just just ask Mel Tucker, you just need one thing in any space that you're in that can change everything. And Nebraska has an opportunity. To change everything Saturday, I am loving it. I'm loving it. We're going to go to break. Come back. Uh, we'll have more of the conversation because there's some things about Oklahoma that you know were made a, uh, available to me. We'll talk about that when we come back to Old School.
0: You're listening to Old School with DP and J. Download the mobile app and listen wherever you are on 93.7 The Ticket and ticketfm.com.